This is Richard Sachs. This is Lost Arts Radio. It's nice to see you back again. And we have an exciting guest on tonight, which I th- think you'll enjoy the conversation with. And this is our friend Matt Landman, who's been working not only on geoengineering issues, and that's Matt in the other side waving to you right now, so you can wave back, please. And um, he's been working not only on geoengineering, but 5G and uh other areas of activism that I didn't even know he was involved in. And the way I became uh, acquainted with his work was very recently when I watched a great documentary called Frankenskies that you can see on YouTube or probably several other platforms right now. And um, it was, I thought, really well done. It didn't get into the micro issues that kind of make factions between the geoengineering activists trying to kill each other over other, you know, side issues. But it was just about the fact that the skies are being, you know, totally polluted and that the sun is being blocked out, which is not good for anything that wants to stay alive on the surface of the earth. So there's the poisoning issue, the sun dimming issue, and a lot of things that go with that, its effect on agriculture and everything else. But Matt is also heavily involved in working with the awareness of 5G, and I would assume, though we haven't talked yet about this, that other Gs that are the EMF radiation and other forms, and that would involve smart meters and Internet of Things issues and all kinds of interesting stuff that's connected. So this is going to go by really quick because we've got enough to talk about for probably at least a week on the initial show, and we're not going to keep you that long this time. But we'll do some more later. So welcome, Matt. Thanks for the time and being here. I appreciate it. It should be fun. It's an honor. I'm so happy to be um, speaking to someone so grounded, even off the air. Uh, I was like talking to one of my friends who I'd known for a long time. So it's a pleasure. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, it's mutual. So um, what I like to do on these shows is to make them not just for people who know about these issues and, you know, preaching to the choir and that sort of thing, but bring in people who have stumbled across us and have no idea what a geoengineering is or that there's anything other than conspiracy theories going on in spraying issues. And similarly with 5G, that they know that it's all safe and effective and like some other things we're aware of. And so I want to go back and maybe your choice how far, but to where you didn't know about this stuff, how you got involved and kind of an overview of what you learned, and then we'll talk about what you're doing now. Yes, happily. So I grew up in Virginia, and I really wasn't into conspiracies at all. I would make fun of all of that stuff, crystals and anything to that regard. Um, I grew up in the D.C. metropolitan area, and I I went to Virginia Tech, and I got a business degree, and started a life in the business world. But I knew deep down I really wanted to get a film degree. I wanted to go to film school. So I fled the East Coast, and I moved to California. 
And eventually after LA and San Diego and about 11 cross country back home trips and then back to San Diego and, and this, I finally realized I wanted to be on the West coast and I went to grad school in um, Northern California. It's called Humboldt state university. It's California state school. And yeah. there I got a master's degree in business. I graduated top of my class actually. It was an amazing opportunity, especially in, in retrospect, seeing what the schools, universities are doing now, I'm so glad that I got to have a cohort atmosphere and give all these presentations and really kind of step into my my body, really, because I didn't, I was, I wasn't that much of a public speaker after just getting a bachelor's degree, that's mm-hmm. for sure. But after getting the master's degree, and then as I was going to school, I coupled that with a degree in film. We learned 16 millimeter old wow. school film, like putting the film in the film bag and putting it in the reel without getting exposed and come to find out the human brain computes and our eyes see uh, the reality at 28 frames per second. So we're taking Hmm. basically 28 photos per second with this film, you know, and you can do it with eight millimeters, the width of the film and the more wide, the more clarity, but you, you can do it with eight millimeters, 16 millimeter or 35 millimeters. The really cool, like you're watching Godfather, Goodfellas and all that amazing clarity. So anything at or above 28 seems like continuous. Um, if it's running faster, it seems like it's, it's, um, in, uh, it's sped up. That's it. And if it's running slower, then it's slowed down. Um, okay. just frames, frame rate is really important because that's just the way that our eyes compute things. And when you're running a film through a projector, you run 28 frames per second. It looks totally normal to us. So it's really fascinating. And then what's really cool, just a little side note is film is made out of plant celluloid. It's really expensive. It's an amazing process. But now we're in this digital world. We don't care about that stuff anymore. But it's made out of actually plant uh, material. And that's why it's so photosensitive. You expose Hmm. it to too much light and it just gets ruined. You have to literally take a picture, one picture, every 20th of a second. Mm -hmm. It's really cool and really neat. So I got out of film school. And again, I worked like my 40th job. I've counted, I've, I've had so many different jobs. But I think that's the kind of life of a truth seeker. You get fed up with the corruption wherever you're at, you know. <laughs> Every single corporate job, there's something that you can like cringe and then go out in the nature and be like, this is where I want to be kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I never got that amazing like job that I could get really connected to, which would be like the tour guide that takes people down the Grand Canyon or something like that. I could probably be doing that for life. But either way, I worked an office job after I graduated and I was a finance analyst and it was a nightmare again. And then I was able to work on a farm and at the age of around 34 and I'm 40 now at the age Mm -hmm. of 34, I worked on a potato squash corn organic farms, this amazing organic farm. And literally it's in Northern California, very rural and on the coast. So I could hear the waves crashing and I was really exposed to the elements and I started getting grounded, literally connected to the earth and the sky and the elements. I got grounded day one. And on day one, I learned on a potato farm that potatoes grow potatoes. And I tell you yeah. what, Richard, so many people don't even know this. I grew up kind of in a city atmosphere when the potatoes were trying to grow under the sink or, or in the cabinet mm-hmm. or in the mm-hmm. pantry. I didn't know that they were just trying to grow potatoes. And if I put them in dirt, that, the, that they would just grow a bunch of potatoes. That right. would be like knowledge equals power. And I could actually do something, you know, with my food system and learn and, and be able to grow and, and fend for myself and stuff like that. And the powers that be, they don't want that. When they put you through this whole indoctrination education system, they don't want you to know that there's different varieties of food or that potatoes grew potatoes because I thought I knew everything. I didn't even know that. It was such an amazing epiphany to me. So after a year of working on the farm, 
there's this one day that changed my life where it was supposed to be um, this torrential downpour and these big black storm clouds were rolling off of the coast mm-hmm. and we could see the storm coming and we have a Doppler radar and farmer Paul comes out and says, you know, put on your rain boots. We got to harvest these pumpkins and squash and whatnot because we don't want them to get rotten out in the field because it was early October. It, the rains were coming a little early that year. Okay. And at the time, California had been in the midst of like a five year, very critical, crucial drought. And the whole ecosystem mm-hmm. was, was welcoming. And even the, the amphibious creatures underneath my house were coming out and everything was the whole life system was excited about this storm and everyone could feel it coming. And just yeah. on the edge of the storm, this abnormal uptick in air traffic occurred, which I really like to bring that to people's attention because I'm a, I'm a statistician. I, I was really uh, well taught in my MBA program. And it doesn't take a statistician to notice that if you're on a farm and you see very sparse air traffic every day, maybe one plane per day, and then mm-hmm. on the edge of a big black storm, a dozen, maybe even 20 planes show up and they're zigzagging the sky. And mm-hmm. not only that, but they're leaving persistent linear cirrus cloud formations out of the back of all of their engines, it seems, out of the back. And I'm right. wondering, what, what is that? But I didn't have any reference point whatsoever. And this is what's so critical is I just shelved the memory. And the rainstorm came. We were supposed to get 100% chance of rain for one week. I, I actually looked it up because I'm working outside. And not yeah. a drop of rain fell out of this storm. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I didn't get drenched and I kept harvesting pumpkins and working my job at $10 an hour or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. And it was amazing because I got to drove, I drove home with car full of food every single day. It was an amazing, amazing thing. And I got so strong and grounded and I learned so much. I mean, to this day, I, I start to learn things, even having my mind open to that. Like there's so many varieties of lemons and just things that you think that we would know that really we don't really know. And there's thousands of varieties of, of everything. It's, it's such a, an amazing thing. So then fast forward a month or so with that memory still fresh in my mind, an old friend from back home mentioned chemtrails and this heated conversation over the phone. I was talking about the kids nowadays because I was still interacting with my college cohort and my friends in the college level. And they were much younger than me at the time. And they didn't want to even talk about 9-11. Their approach was, I wasn't there. I don't even know what happened. And there's two sides right. to every story. Maybe it was this, maybe it was that. And I'm like, no, you guys need to know this, you know, because that was the one truth that I actually did know. I didn't so know Matt, I want to interject one thing yeah. just real quick. Um, the memory that you're talking about, which I think is really important, just to translate that into the simplest terms, there was a, a guaranteed storm moving in on the West Coast. Black clouds, 100% chance of rain. Large numbers of planes that weren't usually there started flying back and forth in front of the storm as it came in. White lines of some kind were coming out behind the planes. That's what you were describing. And the white lines were in front of the clouds, and instead of the rain, nothing happened, and you didn't put it together at the time. You just remembered that you saw that. Yes, and the lines were persistent, and they unraveled into like a white haze. They weren't Yeah, so they spread out or in the hours after that happened, and they didn't go away. So normally we've been trained that if there's a, lo- a white line behind an airplane, of course everybody knows that's ice crystals, and they disappear after a short time, and you were noticing they didn't disappear. 
Yes. And, and to a side note is um, oftentimes they're actually mixing chemicals up in the sky and there's this elaborate ballet orchestrated that seems almost unbelievable. And oftentimes the short lines are actually just different chemicals mixing with the medium lines that are. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be the kind that spread out over the whole sky to be suspicious, Correct. but we're trained to not question that. And in fact, science, which almost everybody has forgotten now, involves questioning everything it's never settled and over no and that's where Mm -hmm. the big ego comes in you know i think the ego is getting really boosted with the iphone and the ipad and these these things that make you super smart i'm around children nowadays who if they can get their hands on a smartphone they think that they're smarter than the adults because they think it's an instant access to all the information they could ever need but i'm like no you're eight years old you you've got a lot more life experience that you need to be able to unravel and intuition to even see and discern that you're looking at disinformation what have you but either way my friend over the phone he says the word chemtrails and he Mm. plants this seed and i go what do you mean what's that and he goes oh you don't know Go look it up and, and get back to me. So I go online and I see these lines in the sky photos. Mm-hmm. And I say to myself, I remember that. Oh, dear, is something actually going on? And I dig and I dig and I dig. And I come to find out you can dissipate storms and you can seed clouds. So my film, Franken Skies, it's a very well-grounded and, in my opinion, the best film of its kind in, in that space is at least the geoengineering, chemtrail, weather modification history, what have you, space. Because it's not a story about some egocentric like activist. Like, it, it's not about me. The story's not about me. It starts off in the 1920s. Mm. I wasn't even alive. Right. Okay? And in the 20s, the weaponization of the weather or the control of the weather by the U.S., military military industrial complex and what have you because there's so many different parties involved now their tools were sharpened in the 20s and the film starts in the 20s and goes to the chronological timeline and by the time they get to vietnam they're aerosolizing agent orange to deforest and destroy it's a herbicide and they're just destroying crops and plants and um, causing birth defects and committing war crimes and they're also aerosolizing um uh, silver, uh, silver iodide to um, seed clouds. The, the Ho Chi Minh Trail was flooded and it's public information and mm-hmm. it was used as a, and the whole of the world got together, the UN and voted, I believe it was 52 to zero. All the countries came together and said, no, no one should be able to use weather as a weapon because then would, you know, be disruption of our entire system because we all have to rely on the weather downstream, you know, jet streams and all this sort of stuff. So it's supposed to be tabled. But there is this common thread of, of knowledge that maybe some of us know, a lot of us should know, that clouds can be seeded. Mm-hmm. And that really needs to be addressed. And that's why I'm making a new movie, cl- um, Climate Chains, like Shackles, Frankenskies 2, Climate Chains. And I've got frankenskies2.com. You can go on there and upload your chemtrail footage or uh, photos from your area, which is really cool because people like to send me stuff and things get buried on social media, but you can just go there and upload it. And it's, and it's there for the world to see anonymously. And that once the film comes out, the world will really need to be exposed to the information that number one, these engineered um, fires that we're dealing with, these fires can be addressed with seeding rain over. We can make rain. Okay. We can make rain. Mm-hmm. And, People make rain at power plants to fill their hydro dams, uh, power companies, especially on the West Coast. Uh, 
ski resorts will f- fill their slopes by seeding clouds. And the, mm-hmm. the seeding clouds for uh, drought relief or for farmers, it just doesn't get put in the mainstream anymore because the information has been silenced because the media has been um, so consolidated that the truth really doesn't get out. But, but in the 60s and 70s, there was a lot of talk about, oh, can we vote for who gets the rain? And there's just all this management of the nation's mm-hmm. rain. Mm-hmm. And so now if they're going to talk about so I want to segue into, into um, the empowering knowledge of knowing what EMF radiation and all that sort of stuff is. But it is really empowering to understand chemtrails and geoengineering and all this stuff because the weather is modified and it's used against us to tell us that there's climate change and that mm-hmm. there's global warming and that we need something called geoengineering. It's actually this very famous, very much repeated Hegelian dialectic. Where if you Wasn't don't there a movie that, recently also that shows how great it was and that the world was endangered because somebody was going to stop the geoengineering? Uh, well, there are a lot of movies. One of them is Geostorm, and that ends up really bad. One of them is Snowpiercer. And in Snowpiercer, literally, it starts off with, with chemtrails, with mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. coming out of the back of jets. And mm-hmm. it puts them into an ice age, and everyone dies except for the people on this high-speed train. And they're literally fighting global warming in the movie, and that's why they spray the skies, but they inadvertently create an ice age. So there's okay. a lot of predictive programming of total disaster. I haven't seen any utopians from it. But fighting it is a great, would be a great movie. I hope that that exists. And what's really interesting now, and there's so much to talk about, but right now they're making Bill Gates the boogeyman. And they're saying Bill Gates is the behind this geoengineering experiment. So let me back up. So there's George Hegel. He's a philosopher in the 1800s, turn of the century, late 1800s. And he determined that there was this thing called a master-slave dialectic where the powers that be could control the majority through deception by creating this dialectic, it's called, that, that is this problem-reaction-solution kind of paradigm where mm-hmm. you, where you put, escort people along in this where they think they're thinking for themselves, but you're just out laying out the facts, and then they react the way that you want. Like if you learn the truth behind 9-11, which 9-11 was very suspicious, and it had like not what they, the media says. But then all of a sudden we're fighting terrorists, and we're in you know, Iraq. But at the mm-hmm. very beginning, before 9-11, if you think that maybe some evil scumbags got behind the scenes and were like, we want to go to Iraq, so how are we going to get there? Well, first, mm-hmm. we're going to create a problem. Then we're going to get the reaction from the public. The reaction is usually fear, because in fear, they can really control your right. next you know, thought pattern yeah. or whatever. And then problem, reaction, solution. The solution is going into Iraq, and now they're fighting terrorism. And they say, hey, look, don't worry, we're doing it for you. So the problem, right. reaction, solution right. with global warming and climate change, the problem is heat waves. The problem is big hurricanes and tornadoes. The problem is these fires and stuff, which yeah. all of which can go back to the engineering of frequencies through technology that has been perfected over, over about a century, you know, decades now, that you can see in the film Frankenskies. And when you start to really learn how deceived we are, there's no way you're going to want to have your sun blocked out, which they say is the solution with... They say right now is they're going to use calcium carbonate, but it's coming out publicly that they're going to dim the sun and they want to spray it from jets. And it's going to look like yeah. what we've been seeing, but don't worry, what we've been seeing isn't true. And if you really can take a step back and see it and, and pull the wool from your eyes, it's very self-evident that they're trying to convince us that what they have been doing the whole time, which is almost treasonous, really, it's treason if you look at it all because the chemical constituents are very <laughs> right. toxic. 
They're trying to sidestep treason and convince us that what they've been doing is what we need to save ourselves from ourselves because mm-hmm. of these threats of what sea level rise and things that may not even be yeah. actually happening. If you go to the beach and you look at sea level or you're at a marsh in California, which is where I used to live in, and like in Arcata, like I said, in um, Humboldt State, where I went to school for quite some mm-hmm. time and I lived there, it's right on the ocean. And right. sea, level, sea level has not changed. Yeah, so that's in, interesting. Until, until there's like a really impending doom, I don't think that very drastic measures should be used to sidestep a problem that may not even really be existing. Well, they've been saying there is impending doom and that the, the ocean's going to drown everybody very soon. And some of the people saying that bought mansions on the ocean right when that was being said you know True. so that was kind of interesting they're not too worried about it obviously but they are saying that um last i heard it was about 22 percent or something reduction in sun reaching the surface of the earth at this point which is real serious for photosynthesis and the survival of life i think right uh, yes, there's been a, a, a water evaporation test to see how much um, sunlight there is, and it is slowly being dismantled. But once it comes into the public eye and becomes mainstream and Biden's really pushing it because, you know, Trump didn't do it right by not doing the Paris Climate Accord. So something drastic needs to happen. I, yeah, he, he on his own, he's already signed up again. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's supposed to be ratified, but he just said, well, I'm doing this on behalf of all the people. So that should take care of it. Right. So my path ended up after I started really seeing the, tr- the truth in the sky, because that, that job on that farm really got me grounded and connected to the elements, the earth, mm-hmm. the sky, like everything really. And I realized that I didn't know much, which was a great epiphany. That's great. Um, yeah. Because a lot of us have to break down that ego to see the truth so much because it's a real, it's really dismantling to think that you've been lied to and that you've been accepting a lie for a lot of your life. But it's actually really rewarding after you can break out of it because once you start to elevate to these frequencies and vibrations of truth, other mm-hmm. truths other truths that are on that vibration start to become self-evident. Yeah. And, and then things get better and you can attract the kind of vibration, the people, you, your vibe attracts your tribe and you can really own it. But the universe will test you, it seems like. So either way... I started looking into activism and said, why haven't I ever heard of this? Why, why hasn't anybody ever heard of this? Talking you know? about the chemtrails. Yes. Yeah. And what I found was a lot of disinformation, a lot of misinformation. And the activism that I did find was sparse. And I wanted to really get involved, you know? So eventually, uh-huh. after like some real spiritual kind of wake-ups and, and this kind of kick in the face, because I was, because like, just like everyone, Every single person you talk to about this, the first thing that they say is, well, they wouldn't do that to us. Or why would they do that to us? Because nobody can put themselves in the shoes of evil because we're not evil. Really, we're good. That's, yeah, exactly. Humans are right. amazing. Yeah. You know, we're, we're actually amazing. High, like we're, we're like, we're angels really like here, especially if we're on the path of truth. It's unreal. And so when we start to think about that, everyone it just wants to dismantle it. So I had a few years to, um, I meant um, dismiss it. I had a few right. years where I just wanted to dismiss it. And I said, well, maybe it's for our own good. Maybe they want to make sure, you know, Kansas gets the rain or maybe this or maybe that. But yeah. then I had a real spiritual wake up call, which I won't get into right now, but I really 
I realized that there is good and evil and that we live in a world of duality and that that's part of this system that we're in yeah. and that, and that I don't, I cannot dismiss that I'm good and that there is evil and that I, if I'm representing it, I need to own it and I need to stand up for it. So, so why I, do you think it's so hard for people to get to that point? Because they're inherently good. And they can't put themselves in the shoes. And they just figure everybody else must be too, right? Well, we're all human, right? Maybe. Yeah. Seems yeah. like it. Yeah. So it's hard. It's really hard. That's why there's so much trust in the world. That's why people are caught off guard by like things, you know, because they're like, oh, wow, right. I never would think that someone would be that way or, or whatever. It's, you know, we all go through learning processes, <laughs> but the process of understanding that maybe our government is nefarious, maybe World War II was won by the Germans and we've been under attack the whole time or something who knows but to open up the the can of worm into the rabbit hole or to to open your mind to the infinite possibilities Mm -hmm. because we are under attack okay when you start to really learn about fluoridation poisons and vaccines the poisons in the sprain of the sky this gmo food come on we don't need this this bill gates all of a sudden he's been he's the poster child poster child for our fears and our hatred and somehow they got to get their way with the world by making us hate trump you know and through this hatred Mm -hmm. and division we were able to be in fear and we're not going to be empowered or doing anything active and standing up for ourselves and really seeing the truth when we're in fear and hatred and i think that that's what they're doing with bill gates now because they're telling the world he's the number one biggest uh agriculture farmland owner in the united states Okay, if Bill Gates just took the year off, we might go into a f- food shortage, and, they can, and the media, can, the controlled media, can point the finger at him. He's also the sugar daddy in this geoengineering experiment. Well, actually, the the most of the mainstream media seems to be painting him as as a good guy. I mean, the ones that are against him are a little bit more alternative, you know, saying that, well, yeah, look at his talks. He slipped and said that if we do more reproductive health, which means abortion, we can lower population that way. And if we do more pre- disease prevention through the most advanced vaccines, we can not kill off. That would be too blatant, but we can lower population through really good coverage of vaccines, which is now happening, and he's funding it. So, I mean, it seems really clear to me that he's not at the top but he's certainly speaking for the extermination agenda. You know, it seems to be that way. And it seems yeah. to be that the alternative media, which is also controlled because what goes viral and what really gets to the people mm-hmm. is influenced, right? So how did I and, and a lot of other people in my circle hear about Event 201? Bill Gates leaves his job at Microsoft and then runs this supercomputer predictive um, event 201 right before the coronavirus comes out. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then he and the supercomputer figures out what would happen if a novel coronavirus literally tests if a coronavirus hit the world. Yeah. How Just in the, case that ever happened. Yeah. Right. How the world would react. So they not only did this simulation get ran, but it came into my news feed, which is very suspicious. Okay, then he's the sugar daddy and the funder, not Bill Gates, Melinda Gates Foundation, but him. He's the guy behind the chemtrails. And now they're taking it to Sweden and we can't oh, even yeah. go over there to protest it. 
how is it that he like he doesn't have to do it publicly to fund this he could do it behind the scenes it seems like some weird karmic law where we are being told through a weird disclosure that they're going to be i think in their own laws they have to do that yeah i think and, so too. and it's in the entertainment you know we saw dustin hoffman save the world in outbreak you know by just in time vaccinating the whole everybody and you you could see it work because kevin spacey got better right away <laughs> and things so yeah i totally agree with you it's all it's being shown to us on purpose because they have to do that in their this a long other subject of course but it's tied together what i found is that they they have certain milestones and certain notices that they have to give because if they don't they don't get the spiritual reward at the end of the sacrifice Right. Well, also, we are the co-creator, manifester beings, and we have this power that they don't. We are, like, connected to well, yeah. the spirit, and they need to convince us to create our own demise. Right. So I mean, it's all a theme of us destroying ourselves. Right. So, in that, there's got to be some sort of um, consent that they need to garner. And through consent, yeah. they, they can't just do it through absolute trickery. There has to be some sort of like hidden in plain sight kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. But I think that that hidden in plain sight is getting all this negative, evil, fear, attention directed towards Bill Gates. So now he's the one behind the scenes that's funding the chemtrails and all this sort of stuff. And I think that really, just by discussion it, discussing it with you right now, I think uh-huh. that the powers that be want the alternative media to focus our fear and our energy of hatred on Bill Gates. You know, his, I know his Instagram went crazy with fear and hatred. And as long as yeah. we're trapped in that f- frequency of fear and hatred, right. We are not productive. toward it, toward anybody. In other exactly. words, the main issue is not that it's toward the wrong person. It's that we're doing it at all Precisely. because the frequency is as real as 5g and we're mm-hmm. generating it. Right. Great segue. Yeah. <laughs> So 5G, which is very interesting, is a lot of people don't know. It's nothing like 4G or 3G or its predecessors. It is numerically in sequence, 2G, 3G, 4G, 5G, but it doesn't have the technology of its predecessor. So right now in 4G world, if you get on your phone, Mm -hmm. the radiation coming off your phone is just what you're doing on your phone, your apps, your GPS, your texting, your Mm -hmm. phone calls. In a 5G world, it won't be like that. It won't be just the radiation off your phone. It's this Internet of Things kind of... It's actually... It, to, I, wanted to, I tried to give this metaphor to my mom the other day, and it didn't really make sense, but I bet that your listeners and you will get it. Okay, so the 5G carrier wave is this light wave, essentially, but it's this carrier wave that the bandwidth... This, this information wave that 5G is, it can't go too far. It's not as great as AM radio waves or 4G or whatever. Mm -hmm. So because the distance is a factor, they have to have everything involved in this Internet of Things network to keep relaying and pushing the information down the line. Okay, so say you're in a city and there's a cell tower, a 5G cell tower on 1st Street, and you're on 2nd Street and there's a 1,000 people on 3rd Street, Mm -hmm. okay? And they're all on their phones, well, their phones are not equipped to push their signal far enough. So it only goes down the line to Second Street, to your phone. And all of their data, all of it from all those thousand people, all their phone calls, all their 
video games, whatever they're doing, it all gets pushed down the line. You're the only one. So then your phone pushes it down the line to the cell tower. So it's making every phone into a repeater station. Is that what you're saying? Yes, if you want to look at it that way, or or a, I, I see it as like a relay. Like, you know, if you're in a relay race and you hand the baton and now they're running with the baton, it's like right. that every single thing is relaying it or repeating it, but more like pushing it down the line. Yeah, so it can get to the cell tower. That's why there has to be a cell tower every 500 feet. That's why they have to get all the phones involved. And what's really fascinating while we're on this to subject is when they started changing the bandwidth and, and bringing in all this more radiation, mm-hmm. I had these phone bags for this... I'm, okay, so we'll get into this, but I made this EMF protective clothing line and I started lining things with, with silver and I made uh, jackets and all this stuff, but I have these phone bags that I put the phone in and it kills the phone. It doesn't have any signal inside the phone, smartphones, whatever. Right. But the phone bags stopped working when this, all this COVID stuff started happening last spring and I had to double line my phone bags because the radiation off of the Verizon phones, especially, especially the Verizon iPhones, even the older ones, because the network seemed to change the frequency, the bandwidth on which it was. I mean, they have to because 5G has so much data. Is is it true that 5G is the first G with a focused beam instead of a general uh, radiation that goes out in all directions? Right, which is another way of explaining that first street, second street, third street thing. So if I turn on my phone right now, it'll pick up the signal from the cell tower and communicate with it, even if the cell tower is like a mile away because right. the bandwidth goes great distance. So let me just explain, and I, and I hope that I can get to some people because knowledge is so amazing and so powerful. And when I tried to learn about 5G, I had to go to the library, and I got out books. And libraries around me aren't even open anymore, which is really sad. But when they were, yeah. it was very empowering for me to learn about this. So... We can only see light around us that our eyes, based on the curvature of our eyes, can uh, process because just on the properties of our eye and the curvature and the size. So we can see Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo, violet. And the difference between red and orange and, and all those different colors is they're actually slightly different in size in nanometers and that mm-hmm. changes the color and that changes their properties but they're light waves they travel at 186,000 miles per second and they're light waves okay right. and it's and the light goes far right because the sunlight imagine how much light is all around us mm-hmm. okay but there's also light all around us that's outside our visual perspective such as ultraviolet on one end of the Roy G Biv because it's slightly smaller in wavelength right. and infrared is a little bigger then orange and red light, it's a little bigger nanometers. In proper, the, if you want to measure the distance between each wave of the l- property, of uh, when you're measuring the light, you can measure it. And in, li- in actual visual light, it's in nanometers. And the light waves are slightly larger to get infrared, but we can't see infrared because it's just outside our visual perspective. Right. Just like that, there's other light out there. Most and of it actually is outside our range, right? Yes, there's a whole bunch of it. And the telecom agencies and what have you, science, has learned how to carry data, carry information on those light waves. Okay? Mm-hmm. So one of the light waves is AM. And AM, if you mm-hmm. measured it, it's actually 100 feet tall. It's these huge waves that can go really far. And when they come and they hit us, they go right through us because we're not 100 feet tall. It doesn't impact our cells or anything like that. And they go through houses and it can carry only so much information because of its size, right? And the size matters because 
the the more waves you can squeeze in per second, mm-hmm. the more information you can cram in there. But you can't cram in that much information on an AM carrier wave because you can't get that many waves per second because they're so big, right? Do you understand how they put it, uh, information into those waves? Do you? No. I don't really. No, it's no. it's about it's about um, every. Every bit along the way, they're they're putting bits of points of data. Yeah, in there it's like, like it's superimposed uh, other waves on those carrier waves, mm-hmm. and they can do it on electric current too. Yes, kind of one reason they don't want solar installations off grid; they want you to stay connected. Yes, exactly. And uh-huh. I'm slowly becoming an electrical engineer, like like understanding all of this. But um, but either way, so then FM radio waves for instance, they're 10 feet in size and they still are harmless as long as you're not right up next to the, the, the power source, the antenna. Right, and those, right. those waves can go really far. All right. So smaller and smaller waves and they start carrying more information. So mm-hmm. right now we've even created Wi-Fi. And if you were to see Wi-Fi, it actually like modulates and it, and it carries the data and it's, the waves are changing in size, but they're about 20 centimeters in size. 4G is around is around that side. It's like in the inch, measured in inches. Okay, 3G was measured in like more inches, maybe even feet. Okay, so the smaller you get, the faster the data. So now at 5G, we're talking about things that are measured in millimeters. So there's like a, a Verizon bandwidth, and they'll they'll own the the measurement of like two millimeters to eight millimeters. It's like these little spectrums. Imagine if a telecom agency owned each bandwidth of light. So it's like Sprint owns yellow and then they carry information on yellow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like that, but the light that we can't see. So the problem with these light waves that are really, really small that they're carrying their data on now with 5G is our bodies don't understand that it's not regular light. So our bodies are absorbing it, thinking it's light because our bodies actually absorb light like a plant. Where we want vitamin right. D, we have a circadian rhythm, a circadian clock. Our whole biological system is set. That's why you want to learn about blue light and, and blue light filters and blue light glasses or getting off your device and then before the sun goes down and whatnot because you, throw, you can throw off your circadian clock and at certain times, increments in the nighttime, your body needs to know the exact time of day. And when you're blasting your, this blue light in your face, your body thinks it's UV because that's right next to it on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then your body's set to noon. So there's this whole complex circadian mm-hmm. rhythm and clock and it's and depression and teen suicide can all be linked to this. I'm pretty confident. So yeah. either way, there's the blue light that you can't see. And then there's the EMF radiation that you can't see. That's just like light because it's getting so small and our bodies are absorbing it. And that's why we're having these, these ramifications, health ramifications. So when it's that small of a carrier wave, it can't travel super far because it's literally this little wave that's absorbing into everything that it hits because the properties of stuff in our world, like bees and humans and water droplets in a cloud and trees and leaves and stuff, the the density of the molecules is measured like in nanometers. And when you're dealing with millimeter size waves, it's just, it's literally absorbing into everything it hits. That's just the problem with this. It seems really archaic as the carrier wave technology for the telecom agencies. So the only way for them to figure it out is to have everything on board pushing the network around. Because if they didn't, it wouldn't even work. So your phone really has to act like a cell tower, and therefore it has a lot of radiation. And I hope that I uh, explained it more. But I encourage people to try to figure it out themselves. Do some research. Really get into this. This is the world that you live in. This toxic soup around you, you if you're having a child 
or if you want to be happy, healthy human, you might want to really learn about grounding or protecting yourself or anything like that and learn and get yourself a nice EMF meter and maybe go, I've got a wired internet now. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a smart meter. I even wear my EMF protective clothing, even when I'm not right around the, the stuff. My, my cell phone doesn't even produce radiation. I still put it in the bag just so I'm not COVID tracked and traced and stuff like that. But once you get to a level of awareness, you know, then you can be knowledgeable and learn, oh, well, maybe if I mitigate this, it would be better for my longevity because radiation is acu- it, it's bioaccumulative. It bioaccumulates slowly but surely. And then you see impacts like a tumor or something like that. Yeah. Really, really quick. The scientific community thought that non-heating, non-ionizing, ionizing mm-hmm. means heating, non-heating radiation was okay until Chernobyl. And when this Chernobyl nuclear power plant meltdown occurred, but there was still no heat, but people in the areas got bioaccumulation of radiation and then saw impacts, they saw harm. The scientific community realized that, okay, the human body is actually absorbing this, even though they can't feel it, even though it's non-heating, non-ionizing, this subtle radiation is still being absorbed over time and causing problems. And that's what's coming off of phones, smart meters, baby monitors, wireless phones. There's all these Everything wireless, all this wireless tech relies on radio frequency waves, which is light that we absorb that can build up in our bodies. So it's important. Well, some of the cell phone companies are putting in the manuals in the fine print. If you've got really good eyes or expensive magnifying glass that you have to hold it a quarter inch away from you and then it's totally safe. And even that they don't really want talked about. Which I don't think that's even true because if you see your phone, if you, if you could see your phone with the right eyeballs, mm-hmm. it would be a ball of light glowing. And that ball of light, like distance is your friend, yes, based on the inverse square law that applies to light and sound. But being a foot away or two inches, it, that, that ball of light is still shining right on your body and absorbing right. like you're you're not really getting away from it if you get a nice emf meter you can learn so much but you're not really getting away from it until you're like in the other room <laughs> right right yeah so if, if 5g has to turn the phone into something like a repeater station to send the signal on its own power further does that mean you need a different kind of phone for 5g than you do for 4g uh, well, it seems like that they're upgrading all the phones to help uh, push the, the, the bandwidth around. But uh-huh. definitely there's the new phones that have like the new antennas that are called 5G that I would avoid at all cost. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, need the, you need the new phone to have the bells and whistles. But I think that they saw this coming. So I think that mm-hmm. some of the older iPhones, for instance, might you know be on a new bandwidth now and, yeah. you know, understanding that and mitigating that and maybe understanding that the radiation limits in the United States are just, they're based on the 1996 telecommunications act through Bill Clinton. And there wasn't, there weren't smartphones then. And our radiation Mm -hmm. standards are over a hundred times that of China, Russia, Switzerland, most of Eastern Europe, like most most of Europe in general. And a lot of countries are stepping in like France and whatnot. And, and at, at least sounding the alarm or or making bans on schools and Wi-Fi and all this stuff while we in the United States are doing 
uh, distance learning and having kindergartners sit in front of Wi-Fi all day without understanding yeah. the implications. You know, the the 5G has been promoted as uh, being a response to a demand that we can't download movies fast enough or, or we can't call 911 any second that we want to and things like that. And that's why the telecom companies are just working as hard as they can to give us what we've asked for. And I'm wondering if you translate that into real terms is there any legitimate use for 5g um if you want a self-driving car which i don't want that dystopian future right. um but as far as like um the pros to 5g when i when i was able to go to city hall meetings which i'm very thankful that i did that because now city hall meetings mean going on zoom and right. typing in the corner I mean, the difference is mind-blowing. Blow, mind when I was in Marin, it was one of the most influential, uh, Marin County. I was at the mm. Min, Marin County uh, County Board of Supervisors 5G meeting, and there were so many activists lined up. A woman said her three minutes and then fell on the ground crying, bawling her eyes out, begging for her children's safety, knows the understanding of the ramifications of 5G. And it was, it was unbelievable and surreal and the, the commissioners like got to look this woman in the eye. Now, fast forward one year, and we can type in the little sidebar, uh, please, for the love of God, and they might not even see it. It's like right. it's unbelievable how much things have changed in this dystopia. But I was in one of those meetings, part. too, in, in a city council meeting about 5G and smart meters and all that. And even though it was in person, because that was in the old days before, you know, they figured out this great, advance of permanent pandemics um the council members were busy texting on their phones and at the, they just look up at the end of three minutes and say next and they were warming up for it but <clears throat> from their point of view zoom is like a huge advance because you don't have to be worried about anybody being there in person so you're right I, um... I spoke, I did give three minutes at a city hall meeting on 5G in Sedona, which you might be referencing. And I that's was, what I'm talking about. Yeah. I was totally um, disregarded. They yeah. said that their hands were tied. I, yeah, said, absolutely. I, I said, I said, please consider the pregnant moms and giving them information, uh, a scientific um, unbiased information on this as you apply this infrastructure. That's uh, what I said. And they didn't even understand what I said. And they said, our hands are tied. We have to put in the cell towers. And I go, that's not what I said. And they go, your turn to speak is over. And I'm like, next. Right, right. right. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, that got us somewhere. But still, um, my three minutes was recorded and it got online and, and right. like 50,000 people saw it and they got really encouraged and inspired and all this stuff. Um, I sent you a video, which I'd like us to share, but I'd like to introduce it. While we're talking about this. Yeah, um, talk about that. 5G thing. So I'm on um, social media and I try my best to get the word out, the truth and stuff. So on YouTube, Matt Landman and on Facebook, Matt Landman. And on Facebook, I've got like 50,000 followers and it, it gets really weird and censored. But sometimes if I say something that's a little fear based on accident, you know, mm -hmm. it'll go viral because the algorithm loves to put that sure. fear-based stuff up there. But it's, if it's love and light and 
honoring truth with integrity and very mm-hmm. inspiration and empowering, maybe yeah. it'll get like two likes with, with 50,000 followers. It'll get like two likes, which is very right, right. weird. So I've been testing this algorithm and playing around with it. And this one time I was just kind of frustrated and I think I knew what was going to happen. And I said, are there any local, I said, Hey, I'm in Ashland, Oregon. Are there any local filmmakers or videographers or anybody who wants to get involved in helping um, brainstorm and make, you know, cool stuff. And the only people that saw the post were like 10,000 miles away. Right. The only people were very, very much in another country speaking other languages and, you know, mainly Asia, but a girl from Morocco says, Oh, I want to get involved. And she had never seen any of my posts. And I contacted her and I said, Hey, what's up? And her name's Imani. I think, I M A N E. I just, that's how I think I pronounce her name, but she, we became friends and she started following my posts and I changed her life. She couldn't believe that she woke up to all these cool things and she started wow. having dreams about the truth and Allah and all this stuff. Cause she's in Morocco and she's even, even sending me quotes out of the Quran that or the Quran that actually um, support some of my ideologies and stuff that I've been talking about online. Yeah. But she and I, together collaborated and made this 5g video which i'm so proud of because it's not only is it fun and what i like to say about activism is if you can knit knit for truth you know everyone can play their part and all of us around us what what we don't understand is only you can find that level where you can meet your friends and family and peers to meet them on their level and to share the truth with them like that. They're not going to tune into my show or listen to me or anything like that. But if they know that you're coming with sincerity and you're coming to them at their level and you're trying to share some truth with them, and then you, you drop that seed. And then maybe a little bit later in this world of lies, the soil becomes so fertile in this like falsehoods that then the, the seed can can flower and bloom or, or sprout or whatever, but it's, but we can literally plant these seeds with the tools, the resources that we have. So this was like a little collaboration and I'm, I, it could be, everything could be better, you know, as an artist, but I'm super thankful that we are able to make it short and, and viewable. And it, it, it's satire because that's the only way you can really get to people sometimes because people really don't want to be told that they have been accepting a lie or lied to or believing a lie or anything. And it comes down to this, the ego, man, it really, that's why. And I'll let, I'll let it play. I would love to let it play. I've really been analyzing a lot of the people out there and like, who's, you know, really falling for it and wearing three masks and all this sort of stuff. And those are the biggest egos like men, you know, um, but you know, mothers oftentimes can can break it all down because they can see through because they're there to protect their child. But yeah. so many people out there in the world, you guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, please let the ego be dismantled so that the truth can can set you free. It, because that's just a prison, you know. In the end, yeah. But yeah, I would love to play and share this video because I'm, and I'm so glad that you watched it and that you downloaded it for us. Yeah, you're talking about the cartoon, right? <laughs> Yeah, we can insert it into the uh, the recording of this conversation. I think it would oh, be terrific. great. Yeah. Good 
your home into a microwave oven for the holidays. Time to join the Smart Meter 5G revolution. Light up your whole house with radio frequencies. Leave your goose on the dining room table to cook. How convenient! At 6 gigahertz, feel the wiring in your home turned into a 5G microwave antenna. There's no need to plug in your Christmas tree lights anymore. They'll light up all by themselves just from the RF in your living room. And so will you feel festive from all the pulsing RF shredding your DNA. Use your cell phone to call all those uninvited relatives and watch your own energy field light up just like your Christmas tree. We've decided smart meters and 5G are safe, safe, safe. Goodness, no need to do health studies. We'll cook your goose. Um... In fact, movies in general, not just cartoons, but documentaries and movies and even dramatic stories like, you know, I had mentioned uh, Dustin Hoffman, who I think is a great actor and did save the world. He needs credit for that in Outbreak. Uh, that was a drama. It wasn't like a list of scientific facts that vaccines always save the world and they've eradicated disease and everything. It was a drama that made people come to that as their conclusion. And it sinks in much better that way. And I think <clears throat> the people in charge of destroying the world who are coming from a, even if they don't realize it, serving masters higher up that are totally dark and evil in their intent, they're good teachers because they use a lot of um, tools that could be used for good just as easily. One of them being movies and, you know, entertainment type programming why do you just have to do bad things with that? You could, you could make, you could find movie makers that I would, this is so many projects that are potentially incredible. And this is one that you could get some kind of a new guild of movie makers who had some awareness of what's going on in the world and wanted to make movies, including dramatic stories about as many of them as they could, including hopefully putting them together. And I'd really like to see that happen. It's going to take a combination of cinematic skill with as wide scope understanding as possible in the same people. And if we could do that, of course, the theaters wouldn't be allowed to carry it, but it could be sold online. And, you know, a lot of successful, unacceptable movies have, been, have made it through that way. The Vax series and things like that. And I don't know. We should keep that in mind. I think it's not impossible. No, not at all. And I've had a very similar vision with my website, actualactivists.com. I wanted to make it, uh, a, a, well, for one, it's a one-stop shop for truth. It's got a tab for 5G resources and vaccine information. The peer-reviewed vaccine study is just okay. is, is hands down. But what I wanted to do is be able to have a like, social media aspect to it. Originally, what I want is to is to be able to fund an activist. So someone in, in a town, middle of nowhere, needs $20 because they want to print out these flyers and someone else can fund them. But eventually that would be amazing to have different resources. I've always wanted to be able to have a crew of competent, truth-minded. I think that the more, like your Vibe Attractor tribe, like I said, like sometimes I'll go on a show like this and someone will contact me and say, hey, if you ever need help, I've got this, this skill. You yeah, know? yeah, Exactly. 
And the the trick is to make that efficient enough somehow so that you don't need to spend 50 hours a day on there, mostly in conversations that aren't really leading to what you need. If there's a way to make it, you know, it, it tends to take over people's lives and they lose touch with nature and the outside world and everything. But if you could separate out the good aspect of it, where you need to get in touch with people with certain skills and then organize them doing various things. There's got to be a way to, to do that in the most efficient manner. Yeah, I'll think about how to maybe like create more of a, um, a network on, on there. It's the censorship online. It's, it's, so, it's so staggering. Like if I ask for um, a cook or a chef on Facebook, they'll, yeah. make sure, they'll make sure that I only get, you know, whatever, policemen and, and fire firefighters or something it's just like it's it's unreal but there's got to be a way around it and i think the more that we network together and, and find our tribe we right. you well, mentioned getting out of nature i just want to new- say ooh, yeah go ahead i'm sorry don't mean learning it. about grounding in this very pervasive electronic world we are beings of electricity from our cells to our nervous system to the yeah. our brain synapses everything and denying it's not even going to get you anywhere because you can learn about it it's very well researched we are beings of electricity and we walk around with these rubber soles on our feet and we we pick up dirty mm-hmm. electricity from our phones from emf fields also just the power lines and the outlets there's so much dirty electricity humming around and it gets right. built up in our body i've got a and a meter that I can put on my skin and see how much is in is like literally pulsing through my body. And it's, it seems, it seems like, um, uh, it's, it seems very too much, too, too good to be true. Okay. It seems like it's not science, but there is science involved and you just stick your feet in the sand or grass or whatever, as long as it's conductive, like a little moisture goes a long way and you can literally dispel these this like positive ions or dirty electricity they call it and get it out of your body and have your body tuned to the frequency of the earth back to that circadian rhythm Um, and then once you're once you're dialed into that schumann's resonance um, which is like uh, 7.8 hertz i believe once you're resonating with the field that your body is supposed to be with and you don't have all this dirty electricity buzzing through you you don't have these inflammation issues which inflammation leads to so many things it's like the beginning of so much like mm-hmm. i had a friend who had a busted sports injury knee his knee was like busted for decades and mm-hmm. he literally buried himself and he just kept doing that as therapy and it was the 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 relief and the permanent relief from mm-hmm. that was was unbelievable it's like you no mainstream doctor would even believe it but yeah. it's true it's very true and it has to do with dirty electrons and positive and negative energy and positive and negative orgone energy and life energy and ether and stuff that we don't fully understand. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're so tuned into the senses that we're aware of, we think if anything's not visible as solid, it's not as real as the so-called real world. Exactly. It's the other way around. So, and it seems like all these things that you're putting out in awareness about 5G and EMF radiation and the chemtrails and everything else like that is supposed to lead to eventually sparking an awareness in people so that they start noticing, oh, yeah, that because these things are supposed to be obvious, right, that what's good and what's bad. We have the ability to be able to tell that without years of research just by tuning into it. And I think 
um, a lot of real deep insights come through what something feels like. And I think that's the reason that in universities in the world of academia now, we're being told that feeling is subjective and irrelevant and misleading and stupid. And, you know, it's just crazy emotions that have no connection to anything real. And the reason they put so much effort into that, and I've been told, you know, in advanced academic programs that um, to be a real scientist, you have to get rid of emotion completely an opinion and then you can really tune into what's true you know by memorizing the journals and i've talked to journal owners along what you're saying about censorship and i said if we had a cure for cancer which of course has existed for a long time and it didn't need uh chemicals or chemotherapy or anything wasn't invasive it was cheap worked right away and had no negative side effects in other words real medicine would you print stories about that or print articles? And they said, uh, absolutely not. It would really upset our sponsors. <laughs> so there have to be new media outlets that are successful, right? Like you're talking about social media being censored. There are new social media platforms coming up, and even Parler could come back and resurrect itself from being killed by Amazon. And there's some, a bunch of other ones starting. I think that um, especially getting to the community, you know, I start to think, what don't they want? Well, they're covering everyone's faces because they don't want us to to gather together and to speak about what's going on in person, face to face. They're separating us, separating us and, and isolating us and quarantining us because, you know, they want the control. Because on our timeline, our original timeline, I do believe there's like a, an ascension program has to do with the heart opening that triggers other heart openings and this frequency that we all elevate right. to by showing one person shows the next person the way in, a, in, a, in, a, in an invisible frequency, you know, but, but yeah, by showing. You, you, even without saying hearts. anything. Right. Yeah, there's, the heart has infinite intelligence. And once the trigger happens, mm. it's unstoppable. So they want a control grid. They want to cover everyone's faces and separate us. So if they want to control everyone's um, verbal communication, I think it's so much more important nowadays to take the mask off, look people in the eyes. I can't see a child with a mask. When I see a child, if I'm in the yeah. post office or something and I have yeah. to have the mask on or something, if I see a child, I take it off. I cannot look at a child with the mask on. And they look right at me and, and you know, it's an amazing interchange. But those children really need us and we need us. Because if we lose our ability to communicate about the atrocities that are right in front of us, then, or to spread the truth or plant those seeds and spark mm-hmm. those, those thoughts, the control mechanisms on the internet are getting so much more fierce. They have an algorithm profile designated to you. They know that you're either on the verge of thinking this way or not, or this or that. Right. They're not going to go out of their way to find people who are on the fence and convince them otherwise. They're showing on their YouTube banner bottom banner like wikipedia facts telling them contrails are real don't believe in chemtrails as they watch my movie frankenskies you know they're they don't want yeah. the truth to get that's interesting i didn't notice that when i watched it oh it's, it's fascinating it's but but what's what's amazing about it all is i can't help but know that there will be a backlash and that it's all gonna actually blow up in their face as as a massive awakening because yeah. the people cannot just have 
the lies in their face all the time. They'll start to, to see it on their own and rise out of it. And maybe that's part of God's plan is to see the dark, to know that we're light. Because as a micro in my life, I saw the darkness to know that there was light. And I realized, you know, yeah. oh, wow. Like, I'm sure in a macro phase, in a macro like way that that, that will evolve just the same. It's just, mm-hmm. I think it's it's a process. And I definitely have faith in humanity and when I see what they're trying to do, I think it's so much more important than ever now for all of us to, to come together and do the opposite, you know? Yeah. I mean, well, in that way, governments and corporations are really good guides for us. As long as you just reverse what they're saying and follow that, it's pretty, pretty reliable. I mean, you have to check it because, as we've said before, I think they, they do tell the truth once in a while by mistake or for some other nefarious purpose, and you have to be careful of that. But for the most part, it's great guidance. And some of the tools they're using, like the promotional tools and advertising for brainwashing you, are actually really good tools. They just need to be used for a little bit different purpose. You know, like exposing people to nature and things that are normal Um makes them start thinking about that as easily as they would think about things that aren't good for them, seems to me. Which is what you're trying to do, I think, with the documentary and everything. That's and I pro- think, programming. I think a lot of the fear that they're putting out there, I think the fear is actually going to help us in the long run because it's yeah. so frequency-oriented and so stuck in one zone that... It's so important to be able to take a step back. And you, you said earlier about science to disregard opinion and emotion. I think opinion and emotion definitely get in the way. But what you do is you become the observer and you see your opinions and your emotions and you say, oh, I represent this fraction of society. And the other bits of them are going to have these opinions and emotions. And this is how it plays into the experiment. I mean, if you learn about the observer and the twin slot experiment and all these, the twin slit experiment, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so relevant how we interact and how we play. So if you can become the observer and see that you are locked in a frequency of fear propagated by the mainstream media for a year straight for a year, if you can snap out of that and realize that we live in a world of duality, this realm is polarized and what's the opposite of fear. It's love. If you can see that there's love and fear and still be the observer, you can pick a side. They want to dismantle our street sense, our discernment, our gut intuition. Because if we can really cultivate that gut intuition, that knowledge, that awareness that goes from our gut to our higher self, I mean, it's all interconnected. You can literally speak to the infinite intelligence of your body. And if you can fine-tune that, there's no lying to anyone when they know and honor the truth to that regard. I mean, right. there's, there's micro levels of that. If you're walking down the street and there's a homeless person and they're brandishing a firearm and they look like they're maybe screaming and crazy, you know, you've got that little bit of gut instinct. Everyone does that, that they can cross the street and avoid that interaction. Yeah. On another level, start thinking about asking your gut simple things and harnessing that. And we have these long lives ahead of us where we may, we may be, facing some interesting times where we're going to really be asking ourselves, is this a falsehood? Are these truths? What is going on? And Uh one thing that I know is when things go viral, oftentimes they're not even true. And that's a red flag nowadays in and of itself. 
but to really own it, to see the world that we're living in and to take a step back and be like, wow, 20 years ago, we didn't even have the internet and look at what they've done to us in that short amount of time. I mean, just having social media as our primary outlet for information, things get buried in 24 hours. You put some amazing thing up there for the world to see. It's full of information and it's gone. No one can find it. They used to be able to go, those same people used to be able to go to a library the information is cataloged. They yeah. can mark the page in the book for everyone to see. Now your information is buried and censored and there's bots and all this in such a short amount of time. There's no way that this is our destiny. This transhuman de-evolution agenda. Humanity will eventually and very soon, I hope, dismantle this programming and snap out of it, see it for what it is. And it, maybe mm-hmm. at least we'll have a big split where there's a lot of us who create our own world and maybe some People, you know, did come here to go down into the depths of hell to rise from there because eventually all souls, all tide, the rising tide will lift all ships eventually. Yeah, it's just each one has an individual path to get there, I guess, right? But when I was saying that the academic world was saying, get rid of emotion and opinion, I was saying they're speaking for the negative power structure. And the reason they're saying those two things is because they're... If you do learn how to observe and come to a conclusion not based on preconception, but picking up openly what you're actually seeing and understanding it, that the, and we have emotional capability where you can look at something, what you were calling intuition, and know whether it's good for you or not without saying, wait, I have to look up all the studies and see who, who thinks what, what the best journals say. And, we have things built into us that we can know things by direct perception. And that's a form of emotion because it, your feeling tells you what the nature of something is, if it's clear. And I'm saying we need to get that back. It's almost a fifth sense, really. If you think about it, the knowing. Yeah. And it opens up into something much bigger. I think it's got incredible potential. Mm. So um, anyway, to leave people with, some positive direction in the midst of an obvious, I mean, what should be obvious. It's unfortunately not obvious to most people still, thanks to the media and the fake education that we've got and the fake science that's dominating and things like that. It should be obvious that right now humanity's under the largest coordinated assault in world history, in known world history. And in the middle of that, it's a challenge for a lot of people to find their center and and be okay and and one i think one of the reasons they don't want to question all the nonsense that they're being told and should be afraid of is that they feel threatened because the world is really under attack right now and so they try to find comfort by holding on to what the authorities say and if you had to tell them why that's not necessarily the best direction to go and what they could do instead What do you think you would say? I would say that the disinformation is so deep that simple things that we should all know, we all don't know. One of them being that we are beings of resonant frequencies. And if we are malnourished and deprived of so many things that we need, we're not going to be able to rise to our full potential. One thing a lot of people don't know, sugar, it's delicious. I know it. Trust me, I was a kid. I've gone through it. But most of the sugar that we see in the Western world is from these big white sugar beets. 
And those sugar beet seed companies, all those sugar beets got bought up by Monsanto. And these things right. are GMO'd and, and nasty anyways. But that aside, let's talk about what sugar does to your body really quick. One molecule of sugar ingested, and it takes your body 54 molecules of magnesium to process one molecule of sugar, 54 to 1 ratio relationship. So we really need magnesium. It's part of, it's an essential element in our bodies for yeah. a number of reasons. So did we learn about this? Did anybody ever tell you that sugar depletes the magnesium 54 to 1? We should all know this. Magnesium right. is critical in our bodies. I like to take Epsom salt baths. I get a lot of leafy greens in my diet. Magnesium is actually the central uh, atom in the chlorophyll molecule. So chlorophyll is like greens. Mm-hmm. So, so getting it isn't that hard if you can really focus on your health. But knowing, so why did I say that? Because knowledge is power. If you start to understand what's hidden from us and why, and what's being done to us and why, it's, the truth is a big kick in the face. It might, it might actually upset you. It might make you up sad or lonely for a minute. But in the end, you rise and you are empowered by the knowledge because you can embrace it. You can read the ingredients at the superstore while everyone else is buying garbage and poisoning themselves. You can read the ingredients and say, oh, actually, I did the research on this, and I know that this preservative actually prevents my body from uptaking minerals, and I don't want to actually poison right. my kids, you know? And as you intake into your body clean water, clean food, clean energies of people or that you surround yourself with, you can resonate to a higher vibration. This is your vessel, right? But we got to know that we have an eternal soul beyond this vessel that we're just incarnating like literally our higher self a sliver of our higher self can come down into this slower vibration that is material form you know that is matter but that that aside once you start to honor the truth all these truths like i said start to become self-evident and you start to see that we are so powerful that just one of us coming into a true true epiphany awakening can change the entire paradigm and that's why they are so strategic and calculated in a full attack over generations to dismantle the truth and hide it from us but it's up to us to preserve it to cherish it and to pass it down to our children because they're really really quick i want to tell the um, metaphor of the monarch butterfly monarch butterflies the entire species they wake up in the yucatan peninsula in Mm -hmm. mexico in southern mexico And luckily, because of their ancestors, the timing was perfect. And they're waking up out of their cocoons, being born for the first time, this whole species. And there's this milkweed flowering. So they eat it up and they fly north because they know they have to fly north. It's just in their blood. And they they travel about a thousand miles and then they lay their eggs and they mate and they do all this stuff. And then the next generation wakes up to the next um, season, the next uh, flowering of the milkweed takes four generations. They're going 1,000 miles up to Colorado, up to all the way up to Canada. Four generations it took, okay? The fourth generation wakes up. It eats the milkweed. Guess what they have to do? They have to go all the way back to the Yucatan Peninsula. What four generations did, they have to do it in one generation or the species is lost, okay? So I see humanity as a metaphor of the monarch butterfly, but we're not even mm. that last generation of monarchs. We're not even waking up in Canada and we have to go all the way down to the Yucatan Peninsula. We're the generation before that and we have to keep the flame alive, keep the torch alive, set the stage for the next generation because they have to wake up and they have to not only have that nourishment, but they have to go all the way or the species cannot thrive and survive. And we can set that up for them and we can pass down the necessary information and the truth that they deserve 
and need as long as we can honor it with the integrity that it deserves. Yeah, I think that's a perfect analogy. So the main out of all the taboos that are being hidden from us right now, probably number one is consciousness. So that's great guidance that they're giving us for free, you know, that the main thing is become conscious. And you don't have to, you know, only learn about one topic because that specialized program is one of the things that keeps people unaware. If you don't know the context of what you're learning, it can be misused and you end up working for destruction. So I think we need to get rid of that idea that you can you only have time to learn one, one issue or one thing. So You've true. already brought up several and they all tie together. You know, so you start seeing patterns, which is what science is supposed to be about. And then you're, even, even if you wake yourself up, you said one person can affect everybody and can affect the whole paradigm. And I think it's just by who you become, even if you don't talk. Because you change. And people can start that now as easy as any other time. Actually, in a way, easier because there's so much distress and pressure around us right now. It's, re- it's trying to push us into reminding, you know, or remembering what our job is. Like the monarch butterfly, right? Become self-aware. So... And I like to say, or I like to think that if I'm on an evolution trajectory, if my trajectory is on an evolution that's ascending, that's going towards positive things, and I'm, I'm growing, right. then my trajectory, my momentum, that direction that my frequency is going in, it can like sh- shine the way or show the way or, or even show that there is a way for you know, other souls out there, other like frequencies, other spiritual resonant beings to see yeah. that there's like that there is a way like not towards darkness which is where where the powers that be seem to want to steer this timeline which we can snap it out so easily because our true timeline is right there waiting for us yeah anybody that's on a positive trajectory like that has much more power potential than all the dark forces put together i think that's why they're working so hard to keep us unaware of it so one person makes a huge difference and if people want to stay in touch with you, how do they do it? With, speaking of networking, so they don't just get you know disconnected from what you're doing. Thank you. I have an Instagram, which is Sparrow Gear, S-P-E-R-O Gear. And Sparrow is the name of my EMF uh, clothing line, and it means hope. So I chose that word. It's a Latin word mm-hmm. to bring wow. hope to the next generation. Um, sparrowgear.com to check out the, the stuff. Um, okay. Frankenskies.com frankenskies2.com, actualactivists.com. And then please, um, I look forward to, to communicating with everyone out there who wants to reach out um, on my email at frankenskies at gmail.com. I, um, and okay. then Facebook, if you want to link up that way, that's a great way as well. Facebook's amazing because of all of the people who I can just talk to and interact with. Right, right. You know, it's, it's just amazing that there's so many people out there that are like-minded and the powers that be want us to think that we are all alone. Are you looking for any, I mean, you want to connect with anybody that is basically in the same frequency or interested in being in that frequency with you, right? Trying to create back to a normal world or at least a big step back toward it. Any particular people with certain skills that you'd like to have contact you or anything like that, just in case any of them see this? Yes. Um, Frankenskies2.com. 
um, is in the midst, but I would like anybody who is qualified to be interviewed on the topic um, of the deception of global warming and all that sort of stuff, but also videographers, uh, editors, people along those lines. I mean, if you have a skill and you really want to utilize it for truth, I'm sure that I could find someone that could help you know, okay. connect the dots, but especially in the filmmaking world, I'm, I'm looking to gather my tribe in that, in that, and, and find those resources there. Yeah. I think the filmmaking is, is a huge potential to change things because people, the, their attention stays on a well-made film. It doesn't wander away. Like you can give a lecture on all this stuff for a while. And a lot of people's attention will wander off to, I mean, Maybe they'll pay attention for the first little bit, but after that it varies. But if it can be put in the form of a dramatic presentation that they relate to, I think you could get almost anything across. So I agree. We'll see what happens. It's a great matter. I want to stay in touch with what you do. And um, hold on, and we'll say goodbye in the break here just in, in a minute. Okay, you guys, there goes Matt Landman and... I really enjoyed learning about all the things he's doing and especially found it encouraging and inspiring that he's not unaware of the things besides geoengineering, that he wants to do things with awareness in a lot, you know, to help people become educated in a lot of ways, extending even to homeschooling and keeping your kids out of dangerous environments in public schools. And even now some of the private schools are getting dangerous too. And the fact that he's aware of what's going on with the masking development. And we just, you know, we were posting news in the form of what seemed like important audio, uh, not audio, but, but videos and print articles in lostartsradio.com every day. And this morning, one of the ones that I sent over to Doug was about the development of mass in an area that I didn't know about, although I, I shouldn't have been surprised. It was in Canada, maybe Alberta, but I'm not sure. And it was saying that women from now on have to have masks when they're giving birth, which, you know, wearing, wearing a, what Peggy calls it, a, a breathing obstruct, breathing oxygen obstruction device or something like that when you're exercising at all even walking is you know has been explained by people with the right credentials that you might pay attention to that it's a really bad idea that um, i'm sure patrick wood has talked about this a lot that it cuts down oxygen which is a really important thing for your brain and every cell in your body and it takes it down they, they've had these little sensors that they put behind the mask and the oxygen that you're getting is below OSHA minimum levels for workspaces and the CO2 is high up above what you're supposed to breathe in. And I know Dr. Circus has mentioned that there are some people that are uh, a little bit low in CO2 or they would benefit from more CO2. There probably are cases like that. We'll have to have them on the show sometime to explain. But for the most part, replacing the oxygen that you need with CO2 is really not a brilliant idea. And that's what the masks do automatically. And if you have multiple ones that you're wearing at, at once, uh, there's a certain amount that if you get up to that number of masks, you'd probably lose consciousness because oxygen, again, is very important. And Matt's aware of that. Um, 
he wants to support businesses and individuals that are aware of it too and and don't fall for that kind of nonsense because the idea of that it slows viral transmission or anything like that that Blaylock and others have exposed that that's um to put it mildly not true that it's like trying to stop mosquitoes with a chain link fence and as we've said before a few mosquitoes might be texting while they're flying or something and run into one of the bars, but not usually. Um, it's just to see what people would do if you tell them, oh, you, you have to do this or you're, you're going to die immediately. And they say, oh, well, whatever ridiculous thing it is. And they just do it right away without thinking. What Matt's talking about is trying to bring back common sense, you know, which I don't know if it was ever really common worldwide in known history, but it would be a very useful thing to bring back now. And he said uh, to refer people to all of his websites, uh, frankenskies.com is one of the main ones, F-R-A-N-K-E-N-S-K-I-E-S, and frankenskies2.com, which relates to his new movie, and he's looking for... Um, videographers and people with other skills that are related to making movies to contact him. And he even gave his email address that I wrote it down. It was frankenskies at gmail.com and other websites, active actual activist.com. I think those are the main ones and he's got a lot of great, Projects going on, and you can keep in touch with him at the Matt Landman Facebook channel and the YouTube channel. Those are both still up. Uh, What else? Just encouraging everybody to be creative and not feel disheartened or suppressed by what's going on now. It's just a, a kind of a sign that this is a time for us to find our real potential and become conscious. So that's most of it, I think, and that's our Sunday show. We also have a Saturday show, in case you don't know about it yet, and it's at 4.30 uh, Pacific and 7.30 Eastern. It's Lost Arts Radio Live, and it's generally about current events, and you might find that interesting. It's followed by Planetary Healing Club, which is a closed group meeting that anybody who's interested can get into, but it's closed in the sense that it's not censored. It's on a private interactive platform. And basically, I'm doing it as a substitute for the one-on-one consulting that I do about a lot of things relating to life transformation and physical health information that's totally suppressed violently in the U.S. now and in most of the world. And we talk about it openly there and also get into deeper levels of things that Matt touched on on consciousness and intent and directing your uh, focus in ways that have a massive effect on those around you and on world situations. And it's one of the main secrets that you as an individual are incredibly powerful in ways that we're taught not to pay any attention to, and we're trying to bring those back. So we're inviting people from any part of the world to join us on planetaryhealingclub.com and see if it's something that is worth your time to take part in. We'd really like to see you there. I'm there every week as is Doug and it's all, uh, we share information and then it's interactive after that. Um, trying to get something started in the direction of light to counteract what the world rulers intend to do at this point. And light's a lot stronger than dark, but we have to get people aware of it 
and that they're not the helpless, weak, you know, uh, beings that, that are just temporary and worthless and can't do anything without teams of experts to run our lives. It's just the opposite of that. So that's planetaryhealingclub.com. See if you're interested in that. And then the other thing is if you want to help us stay on the air, which so far we're maintaining, but we need money. And it, not if you're struggling for survival, of course. Please don't do that. Just tell people about the show. But if you have resources and you want to help us get our projects going and things that are on hold right now for lack of funds, you can donate to our work at lostartsradio.com at the donate button there or lostartsresearchinstitute.org, same thing there, or the subscribe star channel at subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio and uh, take a look at any of those while you're thinking about it. Other than that, uh, if you share the video, it helps get around the censorship and the shadow banning, which is really intense now. I've seen our um, view counters go back almost to zero, even when it gets going in the positive direction. And I know it's it's harder for people to find our stuff now. So if you like it and share it, that would be really good. It's intended to be useful for people um, all over the place, not being blocked out by uh algorithms and big brother and things like that so stay in touch too you can always send in show suggestions for topics or if you're in planetary healing club of course you can talk to us directly about it any week you want but if you're not then feel free to use the contact forms on the website to send us any ideas you need us to know about and um Show up and listen to the Saturday show sometime if you want to. And it's about current events that are happening and trying to get people aware not to make everybody discouraged and, you know, disheartened at what's going on because that's counterproductive. That's what the rulers want us to do. But instead have a response of creativity and energy and learning how to take care of your health and getting that back as much as you can, getting away from eating garbage and taking drugs and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, we have potential that is the highest priority of the rulers to suppress right now. So that's guidance for us. We need to bring it back and make it completely aware, see what it can develop into, and it's a lot. So no reason that this has to just keep getting worse. We can turn it around, and you're you're the main part of it. So value yourself. Take care of yourself. Start today. Put a program together on physical and the other levels and Just see what you can do. You'll be surprised. And um, thanks for spending the time with us. I appreciate it. We'll see you here next time. Take care of yourself. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. 
Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on Big Tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the banned ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. It seems the walls are so close, looks like there's no way around. If this so helpless right now, but there's a way out of found. Stand up, let your voice be loud Wake up, wake up, wake up Show them that you're proud Let go, let go, let go You know by saying these words You make 
Yeah. 